This is Internet Marketing. A nice short show today, and our roving reporter Gareth Davis of G-Sync attended London SES 2013 and spoke to some of the speakers there. All coming up in Internet Marketing. Welcome, I'm Gareth. I'm at SES London 2013, and I'm here with Lee Oden from Top Rank Blog. My first question is, what is content marketing? Uh, Content marketing is sort of a thoughtful creation of information for specific audiences and that is intended to inspire a particular outcome. So what it's not is just creating more information, creating more content, articulating features and benefits about a company. It's actually thinking from a customer's perspective, what information do you need to buy from us? What information do you need to solve your problem? You have a business, you have an audience, that product or service that you're selling solves something for them, and you have stories to tell about that experience. When you put yourself in the customer's shoes and you think about why would they need your product, why would they need your service, and what causes them to go from not knowing who you are to knowing who you are, having confidence in you over the competition and ultimately conducting a transaction. What's that like for them? And then think about the stories that you can tell. I mean, if you have a business and you have customers, there's an experience that they have when they find out who you are, when they consider you over others and ultimately conduct a transaction. There's an experience involved along with that. And by being able to empathize with what that's like and tell stories about it, then that should describe, that describes who should actually be doing creative content marketing. Um, there's so much information out there, it's important to be creative and stand out. You know, um, I think there's, there's a quote that we've created every two days more information than since the dawn of time to 2003. That's five exabytes of data every two days, and you've got to work hard or work smart to stand out, and that's through creative. I'm here with Will Critchlow. My first question is, why are goals so important in analytics? I think it really drives everything else through the whole analytics process. If you don't have the goals in there, then all of the reports, or the vast majority of the reports, are worth far, far less. The common objections... I hear about why people haven't done this are that in many cases they don't necessarily they haven't put a a dollar value on some of those goals or they don't know technically how to track it or they just didn't realize that it was an important step i think even if you don't have a dollar conversion it's important to have goals on those micro conversions stuff like people signing up to your email newsletter or even commenting on your blog setting up those goals lets you then track everything else in context of what it means to your business and leads you back to those important reports is Google Analytics enough on its own for most small businesses, or are there any third-party tools you'd recommend? As a small business getting started, it's totally good enough. I would, it's the first thing I would put on, and it's the thing I would use uh, for, for the first weeks and months. The limitations, or at least the, the areas where I think there are tools that do certain things slightly better, the kind of things that I start looking at, again, for small to medium-sized businesses, are things like... Um, uh, so I'm really liking Optimizely at the moment for conversion rate stuff rather than using conversion experiments in GA. I like the Optimizely interface. It's free to get started and it's pretty cheap once you're, once you're up and running. Uh, I would try out a tool called uh, Pad Eye Track. I don't know exactly how, you know, how you're supposed to pronounce it. P-A-D-I-T-R-A-C-K.com, which helps with funnel uh, visualization. So the Google Analytics funnel visualization is, is a bit hard to get your head around. Uh, and this helps show you what 
proportion of people are dropping off at each stage through your conversion funnel. So if, somebody's, if somebody has to register and then put in their credit card details and then check out, it shows you what, how many people you're losing at each stage uh, through that process. At other times, if you're running a very product-oriented business, so uh, a software-as-a-service type uh, web business, things like um, the stuff that lets you do cohort analysis, things like KISS metrics can be very powerful. Uh, and of course, there are other tools like Clicky and, and so forth that, that let you dive into different forms of analytics. But it, it really depends on the, on the business case. But GA is definitely enough to get started as a small business. Who should be making online videos? Well, actually, the, the short answer to your question is who should not be making online videos. So uh, imagine this, there is a market out there with 800 million people in it. Should you ignore that market and say, oh, I'm sorry, we, we don't really want to sell our product to that many people? Um, and the answer is, pardon me, there's 800 million unique visitors a month to YouTube, and they buy all kinds of things, including B2B products. The point is, is it's, it's here for everyone. Not everyone is doing it, but everyone should. Why do you think online video is so effective? Oh. Online video, unlike the printed word, which is what most of us marketers have been working with for years and years, uh, enables you to tell a story. A story with a beginning and a middle and an end, with drama and with emotion and with all kinds of elements that um, frankly help persuade people to try something different, to do something that they haven't done before. And that's a hard um, bridge to get people to cross. But uh, video can be a more persuasive medium than just the printed word. A little bit of crystal ball gazing, Greg. What's going to happen to online video in the next few years? Well, we're already seeing uh, brand new forms uh, uh, of video content emerging. So uh, one of the most recent acquisitions is um, Twitter uh, acquired a company called Vine. And what Vine enables you to do is to create a six-second long video that you can then tweet. And it's like, excuse me, I can say something in six seconds? Well, yeah, you've learned how to say things in 140 characters, so yeah, it's a new form. Nobody's mastered yet, but uh, it's going to be a lot of fun to see what people do with that. At the other end of the spectrum, we're seeing more and more long-form uh, video. I'm here with Phil Nottingham from Distilled. Phil, I've heard you say there are times when it's not advantageous to upload videos to YouTube. Why is that? Essentially, if you're trying to drive conversions from your customers, if you're trying to get customers to your website um, and then market them with your video and try and get them to take part in some, some sort of commercial conversion funnel, absolutely don't put your content on YouTube. There's a couple of reasons for this. Uh, firstly, like your content's probably not going to be relevant outside of your own page. So if you're doing a product video that's about your product, the only people who are going to really care are the people watching it um, in the context of your page where they know more about that product. On YouTube, it's kind of an isolated piece of content. YouTube can then outrank you for your content. If you're uploading like very specific videos about products or about services to YouTube that are designed to improve conversions, then YouTube's going to rank instead of your own site. Now, that's kind of fine if you're doing sort of branding stuff and, you, and it doesn't really matter where people see your content. But if you're trying to drive sales and conversions, that doesn't really happen from YouTube. And people don't typically leave YouTube to go back to your site if you've put a link in the bottom where you've put an annotation. They tend to stay on the platform because it's that kind of like organic um, inbound platform where people go to consume content and um, people don't really go to YouTube to sort of be sold or be marketed at as such. That doesn't mean it's not a good platform for doing that on a subtle basis but if you're trying to sell something it's much much better to secure the content to your site and submit a video sitemap so that you get a rich snippet and then drive all the traffic there.
Well, that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening. You can find us on the internet at www.internetmarketingpodcast.org where you'll find show notes, links and instructions on how to subscribe. We would absolutely love to get feedback, comments and questions from you. If you want to send an email, send it to kelvin.newman at sitevisibility.com. Also, feel free to comment on the website. And if you'd like to use our voice line number, if you're outside of the UK, it's plus four four one two seven three two five six or one five oh. If you're inside the UK, it's O one two seven three two five six one five oh. And you can leave a voice comment or question and we'll play it on the show. Also, we would absolutely be delighted if you would give us a, a rating on iTunes itself. Well that's it for now. Andy White signing off until next week on Internet Marketing. What's new in podcasting? Here's what we love, courtesy of ACAST Recommends. On a scale of 1 to 10, with 1 being completely straight mm-hmm. and 10 being completely gay, what number are you? Um. You know, I don't think that you should rank how gay they are. I guess, I, you know, that's just a little of a red, just a flag for me. Come on, come out. A weekly podcast where real lesbians tell their real coming out stories. You can find Come On, Come Out on your favorite podcatcher out now. Go listen. ACAST, A-cast, A-cast, A-cast recommends. recommends.